I want to read this morning from Luke chapter 2, the familiar Christmas story. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. The word of God for the people of God. Well, this morning is actually going to be a few random thoughts on this Christmas story text. Um, Luke tells us that Caesar Augustus was the person responsible for um, setting this whole thing up, just them moving you know, from Nazareth to Bethlehem uh, for the census. And uh, the, the people who first read Luke's gospel knew a lot more about Augustus than we do. And, and there's some real irony here. Uh, that I think is important for us, you know, not, not to miss. Um, after the assassination of Julius Caesar, uh, the Roman Empire had all kinds of wars and infightings until the time of Augustus. And he's the one who kind of straightened everything out, brought peace to the empire, and continued to help them, you know, in all the conquering that they were busy doing. And so th there is a monument that was built in honor of Caesar Augustus, it's been rebuilt, and it actually stands in Rome today, and it bears this insignia, Aurea Passus Augustae, um, the, 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 the Prince of Peace. Uh, there's, there's another place, an inscription in Roman city, which describes Augustus as the Savior of the world. So um, if there had been a Nobel Peace Prize in those days, he would have won it. He was considered, he was even called the Prince of Peace. He was called the Savior of the world because he was in charge of the Roman Empire that was, you know, about to encompass what they understood as the whole world. And so the irony here is enthroned in Rome is this man with the title, the Prince of Peace, with the title, Savior of the World, Meanwhile, in this little village in the middle of nowhere, a child is born to a poor carpenter and his wife who is really the Prince of Peace and who is really the Savior of the world. And so you see the, the irony. And you see how you know, people were looking to, to Rome because they thought you know, the, the power of Rome would be the one that would uh, you know, bring about all of this. And yet, God has the one who really is the savior of the world and the prince of peace. And God is working through a different frame of reference. God is, um, you know, people in the world look, you know, look, look to those who are in power as, as the ones who are going to make things happen. And yet here's this child born to a peasant who is going to be the one that God is going to use to really bring about peace, to really be the savior of the world. And, you know, at that time, 
everybody knew Augustus. Everybody thought in, in centuries from now, Augustus will be remembered because he's such a great leader. You know, Jesus, this, this guy born to this poor carpenter, no, nobody will ever know his name. And isn't it interesting how it turned out? Because most of us in this room wouldn't even know about Augustus if he wasn't mentioned in the Bible in reference to Jesus. And we all know Jesus' birthday. We celebrate it today. The little reset on your computer and your watch and your phone works off of his birthday. <laughs> the date comes from his birth. And I'll guess there's probably not anybody in the room that can tell me Caesar Augustus' birthday. It's September 23rd, in case it's ever a Jeopardy question. You don't want to know that. So the one everyone thought was going to make the difference in the world wasn't the one that God chose to use to make a difference in the world. And that's how God so often works. He works in unexpected ways. He, works, he also works in ordinary ways because to get Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem, which would fulfill you know, the prophecy, he used something as secular and as ordinary as a census for taxes. Now, God could have just sent an angel to them and told them to go to Bethlehem. I mean, he sent angels before to tell them things and they did them. He could have just sent an angel, but he didn't. He used this ordinary event of a census to be a part of what God's plan would be to move them to Bethlehem for all these things to come about. And I think that tells us a lot about how God works. We pray and we say, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Just let me know. And we want God to perform some miracle or ride it in the sky or do some extraordinary thing to get our attention. When so often God is at work in the very ordinary, everyday, mundane things that are a part of our lives. Often unnoticed, God is at work in the ordinary things and if we're sensitive to God's leadership, then that's how God speaks to us and that's how God uses us in the ordinary things of our life. And, and, and you know that, that's how God works in your life. That's how he works in my life. It's, it's the everyday getting up and doing the things we do, going to work where we work, being with the family that's our family, the school where we go to school. Those ordinary things is where God has placed us because God wants to use us to make a difference where we are. And God works through the ordinary circumstances of our lives. And so following God is really a matter of paying attention to the ordinary, everyday things that come our way and arise in our lives. And then I think we're surprised by the simplicity of the manger. That God would use something so ordinary, so common as a birthplace for Jesus. Because God just always surprises us, even though we, we should know it by now, God always surprises us when he works in the ordinary and in the simple things of life. There is um, a part of the story that, a little fun fact that's kind of been confusing through the years. As you know, we never know where we're supposed to say Jesus was wrapped in swaddling cloths or swaddling clothes. You know, we, we say it, we end up saying it both ways. And the confusion comes from the sixth, you know, the King James Version was written in the 16th century and the spelling of cloths was C-L-O-T-H-E-S, 
we would say clothes. So that's where, that's where the confusion came from. The word has always been cloths. Jesus was wrapped in cloths. And when a baby was born in those days, they would, it was called swaddling. They would swaddle them by wrapping them in cloths. Uh, usually the mother did this or the midwife. The father usually didn't do it because he was passed out in the corner somewhere. <laughs> but but when, when Jesus was born, he was swaddled in these cloths and received. And, and that's just the way that it was done to keep the infant warm. Um, because, of, because of other things, you know, the Bible says that Joseph and Mary were poor, uh, or at least they're on the lower economic end of things, but, but the swaddling cloths are not a sign of poverty. That's, that's the way newborns were taken care of. Um, just like today, uh, I'm always amazed. Uh, you know, I was amazed when my own children were born. I'm amazed when I visit the hospital. I don't know how those nurses wrapped those blankets around those little babies so tight. Uh, it's just amazing. You know, and they wrap them up. And they put that little pirate hat on them. And, uh, and that's just what they do to receive them. Um, it's, it's interesting. Um, there's a, a, a source that's outside of the scripture um, where um, it's supposedly a quote from King Solomon who says, when he was born, he was swaddled and nursed as every king should be at birth. So, so swaddling was a ritual about being loved and being received. And, and this swaddling is a sign that Jesus on that first Christmas was received with love by his parents and by, by those who were there who came to be a part of his birth. And later on, his own people would turn their back on him and he would be crucified. But on this morning, he was received with love. And that's what we come to celebrate on Christmas is the day that we receive Christ with love into our own lives, that we receive Jesus into our own hearts. And on that first Christmas, God revealed the depth of, of God's love for us in a way that was simple, and yet a way that's profound. And all the things that we try to add, you know, the decorations and the gift giving and all the things we've added to this celebration of Christmas doesn't really add to what it really means. That God loves us so much that God would come and be a part of our lives and a part of our world. And that is the gift that we celebrate today. I read a, a great story, you know, little kids always seem to get it right. But a, a parent was speaking to her, their daughter and said, we're going to work really hard and make this the best Christmas ever. And the little girl <laughs> looked at her and said, it's going to be hard to improve on the first one. <laughs> you know, scholars love going back and trying to figure out exactly what this event looked like in history. What did the manger look like? What was the city like? What was, you know, all, and all that's important. But none of the stuff about what Jesus' birth looked like 2,000 years ago matters at all unless he is born again today in you and in me. Unless Christ lives in us and is reborn in us 
And that's what we celebrate at Christmas, is that God is here. God is with us, and God is a part of our lives. And we have the chance to invite Christ. We have the chance to invite God to be born in us today so that we may be everything God created us to be. It is a pleasure to be here with you this morning and to celebrate this great gift and this great day. So thank you for being here. Merry Christmas.